Tomatoes Podcast. Oh, welcome everybody to the return of the Humidus Podcast. And with me today, I have the mighty and all-knowing <clears throat> testing, testing. Hello, Steph here. It's been a while. How are you, people? Hello, Steph. Hey. How are you? I'm all things considered, I'm doing good. You didn't get caught up in the resurgence of Corona in, in Norway? No, but I'm thinking with how people are acting at the store I work. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that it's a, it's a matter of time, honestly, and I'm a little bit afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's like always the probe of society. Yeah, like the people in in the store. <laughs> that's you, you can kind of sample out how how the general populace is is reacting. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I just yeah, I, it's I feel like it's um group stupidity. It's what what's happening here. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. the 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 people like okay. So I've mentioned before to the listeners as well, but you know, um. It's a seasonal store, right? So summer is like the high season. And then you really get to see the difference between those who live there all year round and those that come in for vacation. Because there's always been sort of like a small spark between those two groups of people. And, uh, you know, like yeah. a lot of the, the regulars, they kind of see the vacationers as a necessary evil. Because it, you know, it mm, contributes yeah. a lot to the economy, but it also they're also a fucking huge nuisance but you know mm. um you kind of when you start living there you think ah, but it's just a stereotype from from the old days right and then you mm. just see them in action and you see them fucking road raging in their teslas and uh almost run you off the roll because they speed and do like a drive-by head-on into like um you know a, a, a steep curve in the road where you can't see shit around the bend and then they still you meet them head on you know these things and how they act yeah. they bring their whole family almost naked like kids in thongs and shit like all that nasty stuff come into the store five at a time and it's really tight space in there you know and they ask yeah. you questions 10 centimeters from your face and like i don't know man yeah <laughs> i'm thinking the stereotype has gotten some merit <laughs> just yeah and and to think that like um our listeners don't know this but the the kind of season seasonal um vacating people are very often very well off yeah uh they're like rich people in norway so should think that they are like part of a higher socioeconomic layer so they mm. should respect you know proximity and and stuff like that but uh no that's um that's not the case. Yeah, it's it's as if they think that having more money earns them or buys them the right to behave more recklessly or buys them freedom from common laws, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. As if they're entitled. About. Yeah, fuck those people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can say that ironically too. It's just, I don't know. I'm, it, it just, it happens every day, right? And especially during summer, mm -hmm. I work a lot. And every day, at you know, people break the one meter boundary. Like that's what it is in Norway at the moment. Like one meter is the is the social distancing, um, and they break that with flying colors at least mm. sixty times a day. Whoa! On, on me, yeah. And uh, you know, some people have a, happens to do more or less, you know, depending on the day, whatever. But then, 
at least, you know, there's tens and tens and tens of times that that happens per day. And we're at a small store where there's, you know, yeah. Yeah, but I see it all the time as well. I mean, I see people just walk straight past like the the uh, wash or the dish. What What is it called? Come on. The uh, alcohol dispensers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. They just like it wasn't there, you know, mm. and uh, they they uh, in the stores, they kind of scratch their nose, you know, and mm. touch their face and touch everything. Kind of, uh, am I going to buy this? Uh, no, no, that's what, that's not the right one. And I then they put like it back the like straight. What? Let, let me just stroke this cucumber <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like that. Let me lick it. Let me <laughs> taste it and then put it back. Insert it um, into my nose a little bit. Got to smell it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this other, this drunk dude came up to me yesterday and he was asking for directions. Yeah. And he like, he he was like within five inches of my face. Oh, man. I could feel his like alcohol ridden breath. Mm. And I was like, okay, now I'm infected. If you, if you have it, <laughs> I have it now. <laughs> Isn't that such a shitty thing though to realize? Like you, you just sit there, you're just minding your own business. You've been doing good the whole time. You respect the fucking social distancing. And this like fucking jackwad just comes up and just breaks all your effort. It takes it and wipes his ass with it potentially. Just, yeah, and was like, like it, it was for nothing. Yeah. It was for he was asking directions, and I bet he, of course, he had a cell phone. He could use Google, Google Maps, and the directions were like, uh, it was where where was the train station, and the train station was like one hundred meters from where we're standing. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, he could still hear you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he could also still just hear you fine from two meters instead of five inches. You know. Mm. Yeah, but it was drunk, so I guess he was like, and people just forget about it, you know. They don't, they yeah, don't consider it a hazard anymore. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit like, yeah, if it doesn't happen to anyone close to them, especially in Norway, I think this is the thing, um, you know, and because we, we're always kind of far away from the danger of the rest of the world in a lot of senses. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that that kind of mindset <laughs> is still running strong, even though. I've, Close to yeah, I think it, I think the international listeners won't kind of get that, but in Norway, it's really like this. We live in a bubble. We feel yeah. that everything's so safe in Norway. Like you can't get sick because the government will pay for you. You know, the police won't abuse you because you know everybody's so nice here in yeah. Norway. It's like <laughs> you feel so safe yeah. and never any wars. Yeah, never. I mean, we don't even have poisonous or toxic critters yeah. you know <laughs> except for for the what who got him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> a small viper it's like a, a small viper which is the the bite is like getting kind of two bee stings yeah it's something you know, like, <laughs> that it's, amount it's like so, uh, this, it's an inconvenience rather than potentially life-threatening yeah so basically the the feeling that you're talking about it's, it's a real thing we feel so safe here in this country yeah and yeah. So go on. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. I mean, it was a pretty good progression of what, what I was going to, you know, the point I was trying to make. So, uh, I mean, and that's that's why we, on, like, just before vacation started, we had a pretty steady decline um, of, yeah. of numbers and cases and all that. And it, it looked like, you know, wow, we're going to reopen soon. Um, mm. Things are really 
looking to return to normal even before the vaccine. And, uh, of course, vacation came and uh, everybody had to travel and be like, Yo, it's my right. You can't keep me here, muzzled like a dog. I want to go to my cabin and I'm going. And, you know, like, can't stop us. And that's what happened. And um, I don't know. Now it's looking towards maybe we're going to use masks eventually as well. And yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I. It's, the thing is that the, a lot of the new cases were international cases. Yeah. You know, from from traveling. Yeah. Uh, and it was also some large unregulated uh, meetups. You know, there are large groups of people. Yeah. That were. You know, more more. There were more people than than it was actually allowed. Yeah. And uh, also they were bad at kind of keeping track of people because you're supposed to, you're supposed to keep a list of, you know, people's names and addresses and phone numbers. I heard a lot of people when don't do that. Large groups. Yeah. And, the, and that it's still, you know, it, it really does make the, the tracking of, of spread the, the spread of the disease very hard for yeah. the government. Yeah, it does. So, but it's, it's looking like it's coming a little bit under control now. I'm saying the, the latest numbers are kind of slowly declining because yeah. I guess people are, are a little bit, you know, more careful right now because, because of the resurgence. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Let's, let's hope it's just a temporary uh, resurgence. You know, I mean, everybody expected that after vacation season, I guess, but then it yeah. looked alarming at a, it looked a little bit alarming, point here. yeah, and uh, that it could just turn into a wave two, and I really, really mm -hmm. hope that that's not the case because it's just I don't want to go back to the complete isolation stuff again, man. It's just no, that was so horrible. Yeah, and yeah, not not being able to make money that is like that is not good. No, that that's pretty much the um, uh, worst case scenario apart from yeah. let's say dying you know yeah yeah right yeah but um speaking of um dying yeah speaking of dying. <laughs> <laughs> well not particularly speaking of dying but being in isolation maybe yeah, yeah. uh today we're going to talk about a very anticipated new title fuck yeah i mean everybody knows about this title it is cyberpunk 2077 and uh it was just uh, a new teaser. Yeah, tenth of August, uh, and it was uh, it was insane. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what more can I say? So uh, you're talking about specifically the um, the Night City Wire episode two. Then yeah, yeah, the episode two on the Night City Wire. I mean, which yeah got you know we got to see a lot of fucking insane shit. Yes. Um. <laughs> What's your, you want to start? Sure. Um, so, I mean, coming up on this, of course, since it's CD Projekt Red, and it's um, I love the Witcher games. I'm sure you did too. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, of course, the hype here is unreal. And even for me, who tries yeah. to temper the expectations, I just I can't control it. Like with CD Projekt Red, I'm down for whatever they do, mostly. Mm. Um, so for this one, I've been following it, but I've also kind of like you know, saved it a little bit. I looked at the E3 presentation, all that, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks, looks tight. Uh, and then I just kind of... It's funny. Huh? 
It's funny that you, that you uh, yeah, you also did that because I did that too. Yeah, I tried to kind of try to not delve too hard into it mm -hmm. just because I don't want to get too overhyped. Yeah. So you know, it's somehow a letdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> this this little sneak peek was not helping in that <laughs> in that no. scenario. I mean, uh, yeah, because when we saw it, like the. Um, I haven't, we haven't seen too much of the, um, let's say, the weapons in particular. And no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's been established for a while that, yeah, you can choose different life paths because it is based on the RPG and all that. And, mm. but like, I loved how here they really showed some good examples of how the different life paths will differ. And I think mm. it's um, all of it looked good. And it just means that I'll have to do three playthroughs. <laughs> yeah, um, that was my exact thought. Yeah. I th I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to do three <laughs> playthroughs. Yeah, exactly. And, and you feel you almost feel like the game. I mean, you don't really get to experience the game if you don't do the three playthroughs. Yeah. Because it's like the, the atmosphere and the setting of each uh, each of the paths were so distinct and so well kind of imagined yeah. that you just had you just have to try them all you know yeah i i think the um how to say since you have the street kid and the corpo and the nomad yeah. um one thing is like it's it's kind of like um they do all these polls like what what are you gonna choose you know yeah but i feel like for this one yeah of course there's gonna be like one that you f adhere to more than the others that you're gonna play through first but just being yeah, able to, sure, but... but the takeaway was still just as you said. It's just like, yeah, I'll, you know, it, I'll have to try all three because they all look, it all looks cool. And um, but yeah. I mean, who, who do you who do you think you're gonna choose first? I'm gonna go with Corpo first. Oh, okay, okay. Just because it's like uh, I don't know, I I felt Corpo. Yeah. Uh, during the presentation, it was like, oh, it was so dystopian. Yeah. You know, with Corfo, it's like it's so extremely uh, dark. Yeah, I felt that um, the one I'm I'm gonna I don't know. I think that it it reminds me a little bit of of uh, GTA with the <laughs> with the um, nomad being like Trevor. Yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good analogy. Being, uh, oh yeah, but I I I don't really know. Uh, what I'm gonna choose and as a second? Yeah, because Street I think Kid. maybe Street Kid. Yeah, Street Kid also really seems like Franklin and Corporal. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a really good yeah. analogy. <laughs> yeah, um, I got that, that that vibe from it, but I don't know if it's gonna be similar. But I think that Street Kid is probably gonna be my second after Corpo and then Nomad. But Nomad. Yeah. But then, then you got a little bit later into it, and I saw a little bit more of Nomad and the. The, the point where you can kind of go out into the badlands again, you know, and see your your family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, and uh, that was really appealing to me. Uh, after you kind of become this battle hardened uh, guy in the city, yeah. and just kind of go go out again in the in the desolate badlands, and yeah, explore. It just it's really appealing to me. Yeah, I, I I totally see that. And the interesting thing is, I'm also really leaning towards Corpo, 
So my first my yeah. results are going to be Corpo for sure. Because um, all the scheming and the assassinations and yeah. like all that shit, you know, like the, the doggy dog in the business world, the mega corporations mm. kind of thing. I, I just love that stuff. And being part of it because usually they're the enemy. It's yeah, like so typical yeah. that they are the main bad guy behind whatever charismatic hitman they send after you, like in Far Cry 3, or, you know, these kind of things. But I want to be part of it, you know, and I, it's so cool to actually be in there and just, like, see that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, somehow, it's like uh, Wolf of Wall Street meets kind of like Boba Fett, Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, this uh, feeling of... of um underhandedness and you know like you said assassination scheming but but with the dystopian like wasteland setting yeah, yeah uh which i love and you can imagine that a corporation is like infinitely more powerful because there is no government yeah you know because everything's like a lawless society basically or not lawless but approximating lawlessness yeah uh and the funny thing is like how they they phrased it in the in the trailer as well as like when they said how badlands you know they're outside of the city there they are in the desolate wastelands while you know street kids are on the street level of night city growing up there but you know the corporals they've fought their way up the corporate ladder which in this game yeah. i guess is an actual physical ladder almost because they are yeah, used to living yeah. in the high skies almost you know like um right and it's like re a really hard darwinistic path yeah up that ladder yeah. you know <laughs> you <laughs> could say that you, you you can't only be you know brutish or ruthless you gotta be cunning yeah. but not only cunning you need to be intelligent as well you gotta have the, the trifecta yeah manipulative intelligent cunning and brutal i uh, yeah and, and then you you get to like a small insignificant position in the company yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're like the desk guy in the corner yeah you're like a cubicle guy you're so you're the you're the overworked intern at ellen DeGeneres show Oh, <laughs> oh! I mean, we should have a show about controversy. I feel, I feel that we always like land on a, <laughs> on like some some drama topic. <laughs> yeah, but it's so fun to talk about, though. Just like rip open the wounds of society, kind of. Um, but yeah. but it's also kind of you know, uh, thus far we've kind of stuck to how to say we've stuck to sexual misconduct allegations. We've stuck to. Uh, you know movies and stuff pushing agendas yeah. more than story we've had these things that are kind of like easy to land on the right side of yeah but as soon as we start a controversy show which we might but i feel like <laughs> but i think I mean, yeah and um, but if you want to like be successful you got to be controversial controversial you know yeah but yeah. but i i'd rather lean on the side of like let's say bill burr rather than fucking keemstar you know Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Totally. And and totally. I'm sorry, everyone out there, for actually putting those two in the same sentence. But <laughs> you know, they're both controversial in their own right. But I feel like Bill Burr, yeah. he does it really well. And then you have sociopaths mm -hmm. like Keemstar, who's just like, you know, that that's a different kind of beast, and not not someone. I wouldn't want. I just to just to that. That's the kind of category I would rather lean to if we're going to brush on controversy. 
Yeah. But okay, back to Cyberpunk. It was like um, the corpo was most appealing. Yeah. And I think you nailed it when you said the the thing about like how extremely dark that setting is. Yes. And it's also so unique. Um, uh, when compared to the other two, I feel that Corpo is so like sp special because yep. you're in this environment of the company, uh, and that you that's your your kind of family and friends, but also that's who's gonna kill you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it, there's something 40k about that yeah. setting, you know. You're, you're... There, like the Inquisition or something, you know. The Intrigue. you you're. Yeah, intrigue. You're fucking working your ass off just not to get killed, but then somebody yells heresy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you just kind of pentagram in your notebook or something. Yeah, and then instead and of then, uh, uh, fighting from trench to trench, we'll fight from cubicle to cubicle. You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you can like feel how powerful the corporation is. You know, yeah. with uh, all of its money and uh, producing products that. That basically only this corporation is uh, is able to produce. Everybody's dependent on you, you know. So, yeah, I I can I just love that setting. I love it to death. Me too. And for my second playthrough, I, I'm a little bit torn between Nomad and 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 Street Kid because I do think that Nomad. Um, there was this. I don't remember where I read or heard this, but there was this thing about. Uh, when you're a nomad and you you start out in the Badlands, right, and then you yeah. you go into Night City, and a lot of people seem to share the sentiment that it's a great way to actually be a newcomer to Night City because you okay. both your character and you as a player at the same time are discovering and experiencing Night City yeah. for the yeah, first right. time, and I, yeah. I can see that point, and I think that would be cool mm -hmm. to see, um, but also. As a street kid, it seems like I also like that um, you're just in that seedy underworld where you just mm -hmm. like, all right, to survive, I'm going to chop off my arm and insert like a mm -hmm. multi-melta last gun modified yeah, yeah. brute force weapon just to become, you know, just to get cred and to fight off, you know, other gangs and shit. And you just like, it seems there's so much more of that, um, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The... Um, prosthetics you know the yeah all those things and it just like you see all these people with all the modifications it just looks so cool and like fucking gritty as well mm. so that would be cool too yeah, yeah. so i don't really know uh yeah i think i think i'm gonna go with the uh, street kid for for the second place yeah uh, uh, yeah for the reasons you mentioned and because I think that I think that the aesthetic of the gangs and like the feel of being, you know, a street kid yeah. moving up will be very like in GTA. Yeah. I think that they're going to nail that and it's going to feel really good to, to kind of kill people that, you know, stood in your way and yeah. and slowly become more and more powerful. Um, kind of a very brutish way to to rise, but still a very satisfying one. Yeah. Uh, and I think that a lot of the stories in the city will be very interesting, like other characters. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that they can make some interesting stories out in the out in the Badlands, but maybe it's a little bit harder, you know, to to make unique stories. Yeah, and not be like 
and you know worst case scenario is that all right let's say we we save nomad for last and then we yeah. are just blown away by but, the cost yeah. of the price and, and it's like that i mean i'm not dizzing on nomad, no, no, nomad no. because i think that when you've played through the the other two you'll be really grateful that you have a you know third perspective yeah and i suspect that you're going to put a lot of hours into the a game like this if it's you know if this sneak peek is anything to go by mm -hmm. and um which brings me to the next topic uh that we saw in a video which is the tools of destruction oh yeah i mean i oh yeah we saw a little bit of the gunplay before and it looked good uh but you know i didn't know what to expect with the actual weapons and um this look yeah. Just seeing all the all the types with the smart weapons and all that, like the, the smart shotgun that shot like what eight you could hit up to eight enemies. Yeah. And he just like fired up in the air and just like homed in and stuff. And you see the thermal mm -hmm. katana, and it's just like there's so much different cool shit. You know? Yeah. It looked so well thought out, the weapon system. Yeah. Uh with like uh the, the different categories and how you could like i don't know if you noticed but you could have a katana in your hand or you could have a bio integrated blade yeah 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 inside yeah your hand, you know that could kind of you could call upon to to slice people up yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like that was really cool i i mean uh just imagine how many possibilities and you had the i can't remember it was like gorilla hands or something yeah 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 <laughs> yeah really really strong you know prosthetic uh cyber cyber arms um that you could kind of melt faces with just one punch you know yeah yeah <laughs> i can hear you <laughs> really reliving that experience in your head right now. <laughs> oh that that appeals to me but uh yeah and and like you said like this, the homing weapons it does remind me a little bit of um um Ah, uh, come on! What what is that game called now? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Total Biscuits' favorite game. Uh, it's called Human Revolution. The game, the oh, title of the game. Deus Ex. Deus Ex, yeah. It does remind me a little bit of Deus Ex. Yeah. Oh, like the how, but but that's the setting, right? It's like the cyberpunk setting. Yeah. But. Um, I feel that this is going to be a lot better in its implementation. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's not going to be, I think they're going to balance it well. So it's not going to be as, you know, like Borderlands esque is, it does feel a little bit too flimsy to me. I mean, you don't get the feel, you don't get a relationship to each gun. Yeah, true. You know, it's just too much. And it's some of the stats are just too. Kind of insignificant. Yeah, it it, it doesn't you, you, represent in the feedback other than floating numbers. Yeah, right. So, so you don't feel that tactile feeling of of an upgrade, or but this system just really seems to nail it for me. Yeah. Now we don't really know, but but from from the footage and and how they describe it, it really does feel uh, like a, a well balanced, well balanced, uh, weapon system. Let's hope. And, uh, I think at this point in our careers as gamers, so to speak, um, we can discern at least to some extent, the quality of the gunplay by looking at footage and trailers. 
yeah. uh, without playing it ourselves. And um, from what I'm seeing so far, I, you know, this game, it's probably going to be, even if a lot of things with it doesn't live up to expectations, to me, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be an 8 out of 10. Uh, it doesn't look yeah, like it can yeah. sneak any below that from what I've seen so far. You know, just... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to to sink below that for this game. Yeah, I mean, like, what? Even if the story t- suddenly threw you into another dimension and you suddenly were killing my little pony bronies, I'd be like, I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fine, let's, let's still do cool that. Gun play, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You can still do it uh, No, the weapons fucking look so cool. I love the distinction between, like, smart weapons and... Uh, you know, it was like kind of a, brood, a brutish weapon. Yeah, the, uh, the, the I'm looking at it now is like tech and the the other one, which is more like the the heavy iron based weapons. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was like more more of a conventional, uh, not so techy style of weapon, but but more, uh, you know, overdone, you know, like a, a shotgun that has like. A half a kilogram of uh, black powder bullets or something yeah. like that. You know? um, yeah, and it says here um, they're called power weapons. Those are apparently... Power weapons, yeah. Yeah, and those are the ones that are like the closest to the weapons we have today. Yeah, so basically like really, really heavy and uh, high uh, high black powder. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not black, <laughs> chemical powder, but still, you know, um, gunpowder... A lot of gunpowder and a lot of steel. Yeah, and uh, I mean that is uh, so cyberpunky. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then the smart weapons kind of reminded me a little bit like of um, of Deus Ex, the smart weapons. Yeah, with uh, you know the homing and and there were like chemical bullets and stuff like that to pierce through armor easier. And it reminds me and... a little bit of Turok as well, the old Turok games. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say that, but it, I was like, okay, can I say that, Turok? But yeah, it reminded me of Turok <laughs> with the homing and like the uh, the style, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Kind of the style of the weapons because it's not too far, you know, into a distant future. Everything's not, you know, energy and lasers and stuff, but it's still a... Uh, futuristic weapon yeah and it wouldn't be too out there to kind of suddenly discover like a freeze ray or a shrink ray or a cerebral bore in this game <laughs> no. no and he said the the guy uh, inter- she interviewed uh for the weapons said that the the most impactful or strongest weapons were retrieved from from characters yeah that yeah, you yeah. Had to kill and i love the 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 kind of balancing act you had to do if you want a very powerful weapon you'll have to kill off a character and then the development of you know this character in the story will be gone forever yeah this is really cool you know because then you can have another playthrough not killing this guy or that girl or whatever you know and keeping them with you making the story unique for each playthrough i think so and uh the yeah, it's a it's a cool risk reward kind of thing, and uh, yeah, yeah. And just did you also notice how there's a lot of um, one thing is there there's quite a few weapons, but there's also attachments and weapon mods. Yeah, yeah, it looked really nice. Yes. A lot of customization. Uh, that uh, that does... and also the yeah also the tactile uh, customization where you can see all the you know changes you make to your weapon yeah. to make it unique. 
does so much for me. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a huge gun nut. So if there's a bunch of guns and a bunch of attachments and customizations, a lot of like wacky shit you can do and really tailor the weapons looks to your preference. I'm all for it. Like, I'll, I love that stuff. Oh yeah. <sighs> me too. So do we have anything, anything bad to say about this? So far? No, honestly. Uh, no. Cause the only gripe, uh, it wasn't even a gripe. Well, the, when, when I saw the, the previous footage, uh, the, the earliest, some of the earliest footage, I was like, well, it looks really cool. The aesthetics are nice and all that, but the graphics are good, but it doesn't wow me that much yet. Uh, no. But maybe it was because I didn't watch it in 4K or whatever. Maybe I watched some kind of yeah, footage, but, but seeing it now. But it's like. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the other one, but it was like, you don't know whether they optimize, whether this is like the the highest fidelity setting yeah. or it's optimized for console because it's going to be a pc version yes which probably will have a higher fidelity threshold uh yeah and same so you can like, play. since it's going to be on ps5 and xbox x as well so yeah so it's got a free upgrade so it's like i mean I, I'm, I'm buying this for pc now that i have a pc for it like i'm definitely going to get yeah. on pc um but when i saw the latest footage as well you know, I would say that the graphics now, I'm just like, oh, I'm sold. Now it looks it looks good. It looks yeah. um, better now than it did for me. Um, and with, yeah. with a, like a large encompassing world, there will always be a little bit of a performance compromise, you know? Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, I'm, I'm good. But still, yeah, I think <laughs> it, it looks so fucking good. So I would say my hype was adjusted considerably after yeah. the latest one. Um, <laughs> I'm almost a little bit bummed out because I'm so hyped now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's still like, what, um, three months until it comes out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be November. Yeah. But until so... then, you know, there's still quite a few titles that are interesting. That's going to keep us going. Oh, yeah. So for one, you know, you have Marvel's Avengers. I think that's going to be a fun game. Comes out soon, mm -hmm. in two weeks-ish. And... Um, and then you have the Mafia 1 remake, which I'm stoked for. Uh, hopefully, we'll cover that. And that I'm going to buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah that and that's going to be an episode for sure. Because I'll, yeah. I'll probably, I'm thinking to play the original, play it through first, and then play through the new one. Like, finish it just before the new one comes out so I can have the comparison fresh in mind and then, you know, really yeah. get the hype going and see yeah. how, how they do it because the graphics are good but I, I i just i'm just worried that are they gonna bring over the problems from mafia 3 as well even mm -hmm. though mafia 3 was a decent game it had its problems and i, I just hope that they kind of iron those yeah. out yeah 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 it's always like a question with the remakes the are they gonna do like a faithful remake or are they going to modernize a little bit here and there or yeah you know what's going to be the approach yeah and of course we're going to cover probably more cyberpunk stuff as well uh as soon as it you know when it every now and then when new new footage and stuff comes out building up to the to the launch and mm, yeah but uh speaking of uh, kind of content you've recently bought a a switch mini 
didn't you? Yes. Oh, Switch Lite, sorry. I caved uh, and bought a Nintendo Switch Lite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've been, that's pretty much all I've been playing recently when I've been playing stuff. It's, uh, I've just been stuck to my Switch. And, you know, I, I, I was on the fence for a while because I heard some, you know, I heard mixed stuff about the, the, the light version because it's only the portable version, right? And, yeah. but I figured ultimately it's going to be more of a replacement for my 3DS rather than my console. Yeah. So, I mean, and how do you feel about that now? Uh, for me, so far, it's answered all my expectations and more. And I'm having a lot of fun with it because I started out with, uh, I started out with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 because mm-hmm. another friend of mine also has Switch. So we figured like, hey, let's play co-op and grind and just, you know, have fun with that. And we have, and it's been a lot of fun. And then the, I also bought, of course, um, Pokemon Sword with the mm-hmm. expansion pass and all that. And I've barely even touched Pokemon Sword because I, I've just been plowing through Ultimate Alliance. Um, yeah. But then, you know, Sword so far... I was before I was a little bit like, should I should I buy it? It looked I was a little bit lukewarm on it because you know they, yeah, they yeah. had all the Dexit stuff and whatever, but now that at least one expansion is already out, they've added more Pokemon into it. And of course I bought the expansion pass too. So so far I haven't felt that it's been lacking a Pokemon in it. Um I've actually no. and, and I love the new Huh? Yeah, what about the performance? That was also a complaint, right, in the the free roaming zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever? Yeah. <sighs> no. I, I spent no. a considerable amount of time in that area because I, I, I love to grind and I love the fact that you could just walk around and do those raid battles and you could see the... Mm-hmm. The the you know stronger Pokemon just walking around the overmap, such as like you know, you'll suddenly just see a huge Onyx or a, yeah. or a Haunter among the Ghastlies. Or um, uh-huh. there, there's yeah. so many incentives to explore, and I, I just love the concept of that area. So um, I grinded a lot there to the point where my traded Pokemon don't listen to me anymore because I I, <laughs> I I was like yeah. level twenty four or five something on average on all my Pokemon before I took the first gym badge because I spent so much time in the grinding. Yeah. That sounds about right. So, but it's, it's fun because now you also see the, um, you you have this other system where you have like brilliant Pokemon, I think they're called, which Uh is like a Pokemon that has, uh, if you defeat a certain Pokemon, X amount of times, the chance of meeting a brilliant version of that Pokemon increases. Is it like, is it like a shiny? It's close. It's it... like a shiny light. So, okay. Essentially, it looks the same, but on the overworld map, it it will have this yellow aura, and what does mean is that okay. I think it has some of the stats or like EVs or IVs maxed out, a few of them that's guaranteed, yeah. and then they they'll have an egg move that you normally just get from breeding. So it will be like, okay. you know, worth catching. And it's always a blast to find them. And you're like, oh, shit. And you just beeline for it and try and catch it. Um, yeah. And then as soon as you you beat those, you, you increase the chance to meet it the next time as well. And then um, um, what that also does is it also increases your chance of meeting a shiny. Okay. So, so you got a better chance of shiny hunting than a, a system for shiny hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just like for those, those things make it 
even more fun for me because finding that shiny is just like it's so it's so much fun it's just like wow shit you get so excited and some of the shinies yeah. look really crazy too um <clears throat> so yeah i mean i've ever ever only once seen a shiny on my game yeah and i think i like i realized one second before i killed it oh no and then the, the last move landed and i killed it oh no it was one of the shinies that were really hard to distinguish you know some of them are like almost the same color yeah yeah it was yeah do you remember which pokemon it was no it was gen three okay so i can't remember i can't really remember what pokemon it was it's a long time ago yeah i mean my first encounter with a shiny i remember was like in pokemon gold yeah. Um, and I had this magazine, this guide magazine, which uh, explained the concept of shinies because you also get to see because everybody's guaranteed that red GR those. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So you kind of get introduced to it that way. But then suddenly I found out like, oh, shit, you can actually find any Pokemon in, in the wild as a shiny. But mm -hmm. it's just the chance is really small. But I was maybe like 10 at a time. So I didn't really see the, the stat, the percentage chance. And so oh. I just ended up going into this cave and just like grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding until I caught and found a purple sand shoe. Well, it's not purple in, in, in like the updated graphics, but back then the sprite looked purple. But I, I think it's green or like mm. something now, but with the color scheme, yeah. it looked purple. And I thought yeah. that what that meant was like, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have the ability to learn moves adhering to that color. So I thought like purple Sanchu, he can probably use psychic moves. Uh, of course he could, ah, but it was, no. <laughs> but it was still, I, and I yeah, meant it. But yeah. I, I mean, uh, knowledge back in the day was like, it wasn't as abundant as now. Yeah. Yeah. True. You could, you, could, you your, your imagination was, you know, allowed a little more leeway <laughs> yeah, yeah i remember a couple of things we believed you know that were, were just rumors I, I think we should do an episode on that like uh <laughs> the, all yeah, the myths yeah, that we believed from the schoolyard you know these things i i heard some youtuber mention pick a blue pick a blue yeah 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 yeah. that was a thing that that was marl yeah and uh and i mean i remember hearing about pick a blue from my norwegian like school friends in the schoolyard. Yeah. And to think that this rumor from like America or whatever, wherever it originated, made it all the way. Yeah. <laughs> all the way to Norway like that. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also, because this is a thing that, that uh, Meryl was referred to as Pika Blue for a long time. And yeah. I think it was like, in Japan as well, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was referred to that oh, way. It was in, in when okay. it first showed up, it was just showing concept images or whatever. Because yeah, it, right, yeah. Um, but, but you know the <laughs> yeah, we could do an episode on, on schoolyard rumors. We um, yeah, the myths we believed when we grew up. I'm sure we could do several. Oh, yeah. Um, and you all can rejoice in the legend of Manorf. <laughs> Oh, mean! Oh my God, that was that. That is a good one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that came from the United States. No, probably not. I think that was homebrow. Home <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. uh, that's gonna be fun. And um, but yeah, going back to 
the Switch Lite. I mean, yeah. considering that... How's the battery like? Uh, Is it good? It says about six hours, and I, I think that's uh, that sounds about right. So, but the the charger is like a the typical smartphone charger with the USB. So, okay. like for for example, for me, who when I go for study again, like it, it would be in Japan or some other place that is like far away, and those mm-hmm. those kind of like Switch or 3DS and stuff, the Vita, they're invaluable on those trips to survive them and. Now they like it's standardized um, in most airlines that they have the USB charge port for all the, all the long haul flights, and you can just play the whole time. Uh, and now that I can potentially play console games, like proper console games, on on the go, it's just unreal to me. I mean, like I'll gladly sacrifice the performance for that because um, when I looked at the at the eShop, like we mentioned a little bit about this before we started the podcast, but you have shit like Skyrim, which is one thing everyone's like, oh, Skyrim, uh, you're going to re-release it again, Todd? <laughs> but yeah, but then you play it on the go and you're just like, well, I'm still playing Skyrim while on an airplane uh, and it's not clunky. Yeah. And they have a surprising amount of other games too, which I probably at some point will end up buying. One of which really surprised me. And it was the Jedi Knight series, Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast and oh. Jedi Academy serious yeah and they have the things oh my god well as far as i know the multiplayer is functional too and the jedi outcast is like what 50 crowns like five dollars and jedi academy is like 200 crowns but i mean like bro yeah please i'll I'll easily play that yeah right so yeah that sounds really interesting so they have like those old games yeah um nintendo to have that (laughs) yeah i I was surprised too and uh, positively so yeah and uh just imagine just sitting there if you play jedi academy (laughs) on an airplane i feel like you are the sweatiest boy on that plane (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean then you are a basement dweller indeed (laughs) maybe not no, but that sounds really. I mean, you're selling the the switch light here. Yeah, and um, it's cheaper too, significantly so. Um, so yeah, and I think that's like the, the main selling point because a lot of people are drawn to the switch because of the the games. Yeah, uh, and they feel that oh, am I gonna buy an additional console? Like they they usually have a PS or an Xbox, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't want to go through the the whole thing with like having multiple consoles, yeah. but then the this console does make it a, mo- a little bit more appealing because of the price and because of the the portable nature, you know. Yeah, and you of course you can do the portable thing with the uh, with the other Switch too. But then again, like I don't ha- I don't have the need to use it on a PC. I'll, I'll gladly sacrifice fucking two thousand crowns off the price tag to just have only the portable and. You know, I can just bring it to the house yeah. of my friend that has a normal switch and we can play together. I don't really care if I have to play on my own on the small screen. I, I grew up with a game, but no. I'm used to it. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Sometimes size doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. For, um, <laughs> for strategy games, I feel like it doesn't. Like for turn-based or RPG grindy games where you, 
like where you can just like lay down in bed and just like grind, just sit there. You know, yeah. some things are just better. I feel as a handheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, I would agree. I mean, it's like sitting on. Uh, we have a, a small balcony. Yeah. In my apartment, and sitting out there like now in the summer, mm-hmm. I really miss like having, or I do have like a 3DS, but I don't have any new games for it. So, yeah, uh, I do miss, you know, being excited for sitting outside maybe and, and playing a game. Uh, how's like the screen uh, contrast? Is it, you know, good in the sunlight and stuff like that? I haven't had any problems with it at least. Um, so, I haven't tried it too much. I haven't sat too much outside playing it yet. No. Um, but I I haven't noticed anything, like any problems, uh, any noticeable things with it. So, I mean, of course, it could be that it, it's a little bit harder to see. Let's say if you play uh, a game where it's really dark and you sit outside directly in the sun, maybe. But that remains yeah. to be tested for me. So, uh, but so far, I'm just really happy with it. I'm really happy I made the trip. It, it was worth the two thousand five hundred pounds or whatever I paid for it. It was so worth it. Mm. I mean, that's yeah, two thousand crowns. What's that? You know, that's what you spend on a, a couple of pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, oh, there, there's one gripe I have actually. Uh, now that you know we're into it, and, and it's the fact that the games tend to be very expensive. Yeah, sure. Uh, because they've already jumped on the bandwagon of like seventy dollars games, it seems. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah. Some some games, most games will fall into the five hundred to six hundred crowns categories, so like fifty to sixty dollars uh, essentially. But then you have like games like the new Fairy Tale game, Fairy Tale the anime, right? Yeah. Costs seven hundred yeah. flat. It's it's barely a triple A. I, I think it's probably a double A. Uh, yeah. And it's seven hundred crowns. It's like seventy dollars. And mm. I mean, bro, should I buy that or should I buy Breath of the Wild for five fifty-five dollars? <laughs> you know? mm. um, yeah. So the games can be expensive, but but the good thing is they have like a small offset to that, which is that uh, by doing purchases, you earn a certain amount of like Nintendo coins or whatever it's called, um, a certain amount of for each okay. game, and. Yeah. Every, what you can do is that you can use the points you build up to add a discount to a purchase. Mm. So let's say I got 300 points for my Fire Emblem purchase. Uh, mm-hmm. If I pull those off my Jedi Academy <laughs> purchase, <laughs> Jedi Academy yeah. will essentially be 30 crowns or $3 cheaper. Yeah. Okay. So basically free then. Yeah, yeah. If I if for the Jedi Outcast, it's gonna be almost free. It's gonna uh, I'm gonna pay yeah, it. Yeah, Academy is a little harder. Yeah. Well, it does sound like an appealing uh, kind of deal with the uh, with the Switch. Yeah, and like, of course, the games last. Most of the games have a really long playtime length as well. So of course, you kind of mm-hmm. get what you pay for in terms of uh, content. So you know, I mean, it's it's um. Pros and cons, really. Um, it's just a slightly different focus. So maybe the prices are justified, considering most of them you can spend mo- like many, many, many hours on. I mean, I've always kind of been. I I remember when we were young. You know, when I bought a, a, a Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It was 
it was like six ninety nine. Oh shit, for real? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Or maybe wow. it was five ninety nine, but it was like it was a over five hundred kroner. Yeah, back in like and then. 98 99 <laughs> yeah, 98 yeah it was like and now you can buy AAA for fit for that same price and i've always been like how does that how does that you know come together but but i guess that distribution kind of offsets uh that you know that digital distribution and and kind of a more engaged gaming community that just a lot more people are gamers you know yeah. the market is bigger so you don't really need to have you just need to sell a lot of units instead of like ha selling fewer units with a high price tag yeah to justify it but still i still feel that you know they could charge i mean you could charge 70 dollars for a really good experience yeah the thing is that it needs to be kind of it needs to match the development cost i feel mm -hmm. and like the effort they put into the game yeah um so you can't just like push out you know the simplest rehash of some title and then you know uh, demand a 70 dollars price tag i think that's not fair unless you're uh todd howard and bethesda <laughs> yeah sure but then again if you're bethesda then. skyrim costs 550 on switch yeah which uh i find I mean, it's it's a unique product yeah yeah let's let's put it and then <laughs> um yeah. but you know it's a unique product yeah it is and, and i think you, you do also get included all the expansions and everything though so you know yeah i i would still and you also actually get because of course i i sniffed the package um <laughs> i had to <laughs> <laughs> the the scarring package on the eShop, and uh you do also get pre-installed uh mods that are essentially links master sword the helian shield and the herald's tunic <laughs> oh yeah do you yeah you do, do you get mods at least that install at least those i, I guess they're kind of official or something I, I don't know yeah but because it's on nintendo you get links here and i find that kind of cute and kind of funny yeah um yeah that that is, that is kind of a nice touch you know yeah Will I use it? Probably not, <laughs> but it's fun that it's there. I like it. I appreciate that. So you know. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, no, I got a yeah. little extra note. Um, a couple of other games that I was surprised was there, were there. Um, oh, yeah. Baldur's Gate one and two enhanced edition. What? Yes. Baldur's Gate. I mean, Baldur's do people even know what that game is anymore? Uh, I guess maybe now that Baldur's Gate three is coming out but yeah of course now it's then, like, yeah and and not only that but you also had never winter nights oh my god yeah my childhood yeah, right like, imagine playing <laughs> Neverwinter nights on a handheld on an airplane man i mean like those things make me really excited <laughs> yeah um and so so there's quite a few of those and i'm surprised but i'm also like yeah i i i would struggle to play Baldur's Gate on my, let's say, on a PS4, on a TV now, but on a handheld, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, sounds. speaking of... Sounds like they kind of cornered that, yeah, they try, they're trying to appeal to a certain audience there with those kind of games. Yeah, um, and I, I'm happy for it because that's, I'm that kind of gamer, so for me, it's the... Yeah. 
you know, if uh, right in the chat. Oh, more gamer. And <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like when they appeal oh. to me. Uh, but also, uh, as an ending note, we need to get on Baldur's Gate 3 when it comes out because that game looks so fucking lit, dude. Yeah, yeah, we got to cover that. Sure. So I expect that to be I'm here. All Maybe we should do like a series when it comes out. We could. We could. Um, that, that'll be. Huh? Oh, video. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the secret the, yeah. the secret next step. Um, secret juice. The secret juice. Stay tuned. To becoming popular, man. <laughs> hey, yeah. We've, we've had some increase. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's no longer one and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of that. No, it's two now. No, it's eight. Yes, it's two. So, uh, to both of you, <laughs> thank you for listening and <laughs> stay human. Stay dank. <laughs> okay.